Hi, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And, and this, this is, is Talking, Talking Lion. Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversations. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion. And throughout our career as songwriters and producers, we've had the opportunity to work with so many incredible rising artists. Talking Lion is about hitting record on the conversations we've had with our musical friends and collaborators to get a glimpse into what their life's been like and where it's going. A few reminders before we start. Firstly, we now have a Patreon for fans of the show to show their support and help keep the show going. As a Patreon subscriber, not only will you earn rewards, but you'll also gain exclusive access to a chat room in our Discord server. Here you can talk with us and even suggest questions for our guests. Go to patreon.com slash talkinglion to subscribe. We appreciate your support. As we mentioned, we also have a Discord server that's become a sort of community hub for Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. We're very active on there and very eager to talk to you about who you are on the show and how you feel about the new episodes, as well as just talking about life. So yeah, come through and you can talk with us. You can make some new friends, share your art, and share your memes. Go to sleepinglionmusic.com slash discord to join our server. We hope to see you there. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, Buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. Now back to the show. We recorded this episode with our new friend, Stella Cole. We were connected with Stella by our friend, Emlyn, who was on a previous episode of Talking Lion. This is the first time we got a chance to talk to Stella Cole, but we've hung out since. We recorded this a couple months after the release of her record, Woman of the Hour, but before her song, I Shot Cupid, went viral on TikTok. With that said, I Shot Cupid is out now, so give that a listen. Stella Cole is a fashion icon with such a unique voice and songwriting style. We had a great time getting to know her, and we hope you enjoy this episode as well. So, without further ado. I'm Stella Cole, and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> I'm good. How are you guys? We were uh, we were doing my favorite thing, which is like computer troubleshooting. Um, there's there's a there's an energy about it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Total vibe. Do you believe that that, uh, that that our computers have like souls? No. Or like personalities? No, honestly, no. no. You don't believe it? Because I, 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 I think that they're no, because like, here's the thing. I worked in tech support back at back at Berkeley. Like I, I was helping people with like problems. And there there are I've seen computers do things that there is no logical, rational, scientific explanation for. Like some people just have a curse. Like they, they were cursed by Madame Zeroni or something as like generationally that, that technology is just like, no, I'm just not going to do this thing for you. And I am a skeptic, but there's just something about computer trouble that sometimes I'm like, this is supernatural. The only thing I can say to that is if that's the case, my computer's just stupid. So. <laughs> I just, I'm I'm in shock that Noah start, has started. We are literally 30 <laughs> seconds of the end. Like, you didn't have to go this hard. I didn't have this to go early. this hard. I just, I just, it was on my mind. I'm like, I'm not even done with like coffee yet, man. Like, welcome to Talking Lions. Welcome Lion. to Talking Lions, uh. <laughs> Do computers have souls? Do Let's spend the next 20 minutes. <laughs> no, that's, I, I, I said Let's my piece. Go. I said my piece. We can, we can carry on. Well, um, there, there are two two things that I want to presence as well. The first is that you are wearing a Flintstone shirt. I am. Which is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Thank you so much. Um, I uh, grew up on, like, in my head, I described them as like um, recycled background uh, cartoons. Like, oh, I grew up yeah, watching yeah, like, yeah, all yeah. of those cartoons where if like they were running, it the was just the background was just spinning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, but uh but yeah, I was just like immediately I'm like, that's Velma. Wait, that's Barney. 
Yes. Actually, cool. Yeah, no, this one is the Flintstones. I have another one that's uh the Jetsons. Oh, I love like the vintage uh, matching pair. Buying. That's so good. I was gonna ask. Actually, if I may brag, I just bought a shirt that I'm very very excited about. <laughs> because I don't usually buy uh, clothes. Um, like I find clothes. <laughs> right. Clothes find like, you. Like, clothes find me. Like somebody's just like, I, I don't want a sweater anymore. I'm like, thank you. Um, <laughs> you've saved my life. Um, but I, I bought a shirt yesterday and it's the Fantastic Four. But then Frasier, like from the TV show Frasier, mm-hmm. is in the front. And he's got a little word bubble that says, watch out, evil. I'm listening. Wow. And I just... You know, it just it just everything I want is. I actually didn't. I didn't know that you bought that shirt. Well, I I oh I bought it. So excited for you! I'm so excited for you. But it is nice to meet (laughs) you. you. This is. uh, I I suppose the last little piece is that forks. We found out today that forks predate the pitchfork. Potentially, which pitchforks predate the fork? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, well, the, the 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 thing in the article that really the really uh, like messed with me was that yeah that like you have Poseidon the imagery of Poseidon with this big trident or pitchfork essentially. And they're uh, like, let's make it smaller. And the, and no, but the the people in Greece weren't using small forks. Like they were using different contraptions to get their food out of their containers. It's like it's right there. The Wild. answer was right there all along. Of course. Stella, do you have a fun fact to bring uh, or a, a crazy conspiracy theory about whether or not technology has a beating heart? No, I'm honestly, I'm honestly speechless. <laughs> that's, I respect that's, that. That's I fully that's respect that. <laughs> but no, it's, it's super nice to meet you. Uh, for, for people who uh, don't know the context, we have a mutual friend with Emlyn. Emlyn, otherwise known as Maggie, is the sweetest, most incredible songwriter ever. Um, and we saw you guys working together and I was like, Stella Cole's amazing. Let's be friends. And now we're, now we're friends. We're friends in the sense that we have troubleshooted computers and whether or not computers have souls. Right. Um, that's the theme. But Emlyn actually, uh, I, I texted her this morning. I, I never, I've never done this on the show, but I, I texted her. And I'm like, do you have any questions for Stella? Oh, nice. Uh, and Emlyn said, you need to ask her about her perfect pitch because apparently, oh my God. <laughs> Apparently, you can hear like a glass tapping and know the semitone. Yes. So I'm I'm just that's not a question, but but I'm gonna put a question mark at the end of that that sentence. Discuss. Just, just then, just throw it out to be discussed. I'm dead. Yeah. I I guess I do have perfect pitch. I uh I didn't even realize what it was until I was probably in like eighth grade. I had a chorus teacher who made us take like weekly tests on just like intervals and stuff like that. And uh, we were supposed to say if it was like a perfect fourth, perfect fifth, like major third, minor third, whatever, like whatever the interval was. And I completely misunderstood the instructions. And instead of naming the interval, I was naming the notes that they were. And she was like, how did you know that? And I was like, I thought that's what we were supposed to do. And then I guess that's like when I realized what it was. But to be honest, like I don't even know when I – like I don't even – Maybe it was just something I was born with and I've always had it because I grew up playing piano. But yeah, that's that. that I mean, that's that's why. I mean, here's the thing. We we met a lot of people with perfect pitch at school, but the semitone thing is crazy to me. Like that's like, like you're able to hear the sort of 
uh, spaces in between as well? I So that one, not necessarily. I mean, I can tell right off the bat if something's flat or not, but I like I don't actually know the names of like the semitones if they even they do have names. But the hemi-demi semitones. <laughs> that is actually a thing. Is that really what it's? Yeah, I, there's or no, maybe, maybe that's maybe I'm thinking of beats like hemi-demi semiquavers. And do demitones have souls? Nice. <laughs> Does anything have a soul, honestly? Yeah, we don't have to get into that. Uh, I, um, listen, I, I'm, I'm halfway through my cup of coffee, so at the moment, I don't have a soul. <laughs> That's fair. W- would you say that the, the, the perfect pitch has like is like an asset in making music, or does it get in the way, or is it just one of those things it's a that mix you don't of really both. think about? It's a total mix of both, because half of the time it is a blessing, because it's very, very quick for me to like learn covers or like... Um, create chord structures for my music or whatever just because like I I know exactly like I could write a top line and write lyrics and write melodies and instantly like just I know the key that I want to sing it in I know the chords and like I can Mm. literally construct everything without even having like an instrument in front of me so that's cool Um, but I will say like the one thing that is that kind of gets in the way is because I can tell when something is slightly detuned if I like if the producer in the room is building a track off of like let's say a super like let's say like a mellotron sound that's mm-hmm. just naturally uh-huh. detuned it bugs me because i don't i can't necessarily sing detuned with it like i have to sing oh, right on pitch yeah. so it's like it really irritates me like because i love the way detuned things sound like i love anything vintagey and like sci-fi and retro from like the 50s and 60s but when uh-huh. something's naturally detuned and like I'm trying to sing over it, it drives me nuts. Have you ever asked producers like, "Hey, can you can you tune that Mellotron <laughs> no, up like twenty cents?" I mean, I usually, <laughs> I usually just like <laughs> try my best to match with it. And by the time like I stack vocals and everything, like it doesn't sound like it's off. Um, right. Like it just gives it a little bit more edge and character. But it, well, I was I was yeah. actually I was going to ask about it because like your your style of of music and and singing it's like in the sort of like lana camp and like in that like like more sort of lean back um like vibe and part of that style is the sort of sliding into the notes yeah like totally leaning a little bit leaning a little bit on the flat like flatter side of stuff but not but like with with like utmost intention i thought it was interesting when emlyn told me that you had perfect pitch i'm like she's got perfect pitch but she's in a genre where being a little bit out is a feature, not a totally. bug. Mm. Has that ever like rubbed you the wrong way? So I will say that. So that is something interesting because like background vocals, I actually love being able to take advantage of that because I love how like older genres, they didn't have autotune at the time. Yeah. So mm. it's like exactly. not only like Lana Del Rey-esque, but like anything doo-wop, anything yeah. like super soulful and like groovy from like the 60s, 70s, 50s, whatever. Like there's if you listen back to all those songs because they didn't have autotune and because of the recording equipment they had at the time they would record songs from start to finish and there's so much room for like human error which is the cool thing about it so it's like I love when I'm doing my background vocals I actually love just like if I hit a flat note I keep it and like yeah so that's really cool that I get to like pull from those genres and I really really just kind of let the background vocals have their vintage vibe but then when I'm tracking my lead vocals, I actually do use autotune. Um, I love autotune. Like it just makes yeah. the recording process yeah. so much easier. And it also gives it a little bit more of like a crisp. Not that it like changes, like I sound the exact same when I'm just singing live, but it gives it more of like a crisp, like modern edge to it. 
So it's like yeah. when I mix my lead vocal that's like super crisp and super perfected with my background vocals that are super like, you know, kind of a lot more free and like have imperfections, I feel like it brings this perfect like, it's like a little sweet spot of a combination. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Well, I think that uh, oftentimes like your average listener, listener doesn't realize that what makes a singer great, like what I what I really love about singers is how unique they sound, like mm -hmm. how what they bring to the table as far as like their tone and their energy and their approach. And we are at, like in a world and it's been this way for for decades now where like pitch is not that important. Like pitch is important to this sense that let's make sure that like this is dead on. But whether or not an artist can sing on their 15th take like something in pitch is way less important than if an artist can bring that same like sad energy or that yeah. same kind of like anger or like whatever to the 15th take. And I feel like that's that's something that people like still get really weird about. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, they use autotune or whatever. Like, I don't get, like everybody uses autotune. Yeah. Like, oh. really yeah, we're just in a different, I, I feel like, yeah. yeah, I feel like the discussions we were having about autotune like 10 years ago are just, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah. Like, it's just like, the the yeah the means of production of like making music are just like everyone has access to like all this crazy technology and like yeah anyone can like sound any type of way so the real right. craft is not like oh can, like yeah that the, I mean this is true in, in almost every facet of, of music now is that the the onus has moved away from musicianship and performance a little bit and more it's just like how well can you curate an aesthetic and curate mm -hmm. a brand and like I right. like I think some people have like that like get off my lawn like oh <laughs> remember when like you, people singers could sing and singers could sing and, yeah, and, and, yeah. and like and here's the thing I'm kind of one of those people like I, I spent the last couple of years like you know listening to like Frank Sinatra and Chet Baker and obsessing over like yeah those people just sound expensive when they totally. sing and I think that that craft hasn't gone away. I think we're still looking for people who open their mouths and 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 are capable of producing beautiful sound. But then when you add in that you can take that and run it through autotune and give it this hard edge or that yeah that that the pat like I was and here's I was I was listening to one of my favorite songs of all time is Die Another Day by Madonna, the mm -hmm. Bond song from like the early 2000s. And one of the things that I think is amazing about it and kind of ahead of its time is that the verses are super duper hard auto-tuned robot voice and then it gets into this second like chorus space and then all of a sudden she's off the grid mm -hmm. and it's super bendy and it's like that weird like britney like slave for you like yeah. like like slightly detuned like swoopy thing and the fact that that was a conscious artistic choice to be like okay in this totally. section i am super hard tuned robot voice and then in the next section i'm opening it up into this more like gritty off the sort of 440 hertz spectrum like that that's I feel like that's like a an indicator of good artistry. There's right. nothing inherently wrong about the tools that we're using. It's well, all about think, how you use them. I think auto tune is like when you use it the right way. It's not just auto tune. It's it's a complete instrument of its own. Yeah, and like you can use it for stylistic choices. And exactly like you said, like the Madonna song, it's like she's using it one second to specifically create like a different attitude and a different tone in the song. And then she switches off of it when she wants to like create a different emotion and a different vibe. And like the same thing with the classic T Pain vocals mm -hmm. oh yeah pretty sure exactly. t-pain can actually sing but he chose, he can, like he, he's actually the, insane the dude can, he can sing. sing but he chose to use autotune as a stylistic choice and like sure enough like i think that that kind of gave him the name that he has because it, it was so iconic and he used it as an instrument mm -hmm. well and that's that's uh where i think i went from like the, the purist to really questioning everything i thought i knew when i was a teenager because 
uh, I was like, oh yeah, you know, autotune is for all these pop artists and fuck pop artists and like all, all whatever. And then Bon Iver puts out his self-titled record and the last song on it, like, I mean, he, I think he did it on Calgary, but also on Beth Rest. Mm-hmm. The autotune is so incredible on that song and the way that he uses it. And I just, I love how autotune takes and like, handles like voice breaking and voice totally. cracking mm-hmm. like how it takes that and makes it a musical moment yeah when when boni ver did it i i just i was like okay yeah i don't know anything and i'm, I'm ready <laughs> to, to to sort of sit down and like learn uh you know like what a tool is and not just like a trend or whatever yeah, yeah. but what i appreciate you mentioning is that you are really conscious of what's organic and what isn't mm-hmm. where yeah. the imperfections are and like exactly where they sit um and i feel like yeah, we try we try to like presence that, but but also it's not something that we do a, like a, as consciously as I think we should. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's really cool how you sort of plot what what has more freedom to like uh, you know go wherever and where is it dead on and where right. are we using. Well, know, I've also I, I've even just in my production I've I've been playing a lot more with because I've been doing all these kind of like fake Mellotron like. Disney-esque string arrangements. I've really been been also toying with not just in vocals, but in instruments, like like individual moments that are like like you know, I mean, obviously like portamento, but just like yeah, like like little swoopy organic moments in music has been my my just my latest uh, yeah. aesthetic obsession. Love. Where has your your heart been influence-wise? Like, what has been sort of informing some of your decisions lately? Well, so my most recent record, Woman of the Hour, which was a seven-song EP, that one was actually heavily influenced by a doo-wop because of background vocals, especially my song, The Day mm-hmm. It Rained in Southern California, and then a little bit of, like, Roaring Twenties jazz influence because mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, my song, definitely. Love Like Mine, I don't know if you listen to it, yeah. but it's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's very, it's very it has like, that kind of harmonic minor, got, like, harmonic minor, and, like, yeah, it's got, like, an eerie, like, jazzy swing vibe to it, and I just, I think it's really cool to, like, not only pull influence, but kind of actually, like, give it, give a nod to it and make it noticeable enough to where people turn it on and they're like, oh, wow, she obviously is pulling influence from this, this, and this. Yeah. Love Like Mine especially. I love that, like, little rolling, like, uh, that rolling tongue Yeah, that thing. the thing that starts the chorus off. It's so tasteful. It's so cool. That was actually the first part. Sorry, my voice is like so hoarse today. Hold on. No, it's okay. I, honestly, actually, I, I woke up with a sore throat too, and I all I've been drinking is coffee, so I'm in the same nice. like hello. Hi. We love health. <laughs> yeah, health is important. Um, uh, everybody should uh, look at look up health. Totally. Yeah, Google I think it. Google pretty, Just Google it. See what happens. It's pretty crucial, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, love like mine. That was actually the little. That's actually the uh, first thing that we wrote for the song. Like, I walked in and was, like, just being a dumb idiot. Like, I always am. Like, I'm always making really <laughs> stupid, weird noises that, like, I don't I don't know where they come from. And that, I just happened to be, like, singing that when I walked into the studio. And we were all like, wait, that's, like, kind of fire. Um, and so then we put that in. And then I sat down at the piano and played the chord progression. Like, I just it naturally just came to me really quick off the bat. And then from there we like built out the whole song and wrote it in like 
two hours tops. It was wild. Awesome. I mean, I, I love I love sessions <clears throat> like because sessions sessions can be a drag. Like there are times when you, like you know if the artist doesn't have something or if you're just like tired as hell, it just feels like every line is just like you're trying to move a rock <laughs> like yeah. an inch, and you know, uh, and you you know forgot leg day or whatever. I don't know <laughs> what leg day isn't is. that. Um, a, I feel like that's the worst though because it's like sometimes you can literally spend two months on a song. And you're just like, something's missing. And then all of a sudden you'll write a song that's literally a million times better in an hour. And you're like, okay, in cool. an hour, yeah. Cool. <laughs> and it's like, it's the sunk cost fallacy of like, you know, it's the, the, the Vegas mentality of, oh, because I spent two months on the song, it's got to be good and it's yeah. got to be worth it or whatever. Uh, when I really feel like anybody should just cut their losses and be like, yeah, the better song's maybe around the corner. And you've been like just getting the sludge out so that the rest of the water could be good. Yeah, totally. You know, and it's, yeah. I, I, I love sessions where it's just like you come in with an idea, like it all comes out, it all pours out, tracking, done, 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 over. Yeah. That's awesome. Especially because like that, I feel like that part of the song was the part of the song where I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And like really like got me like hooked into. Well, I feel like even just in the sort of, I, I, there's this thing in, I was reading your Spotify bio because I, I like mm -hmm. Spotify bios. I'm always fascinated by Spotify bios and the little um mood board thing of like. Uh, your favorite TV land wife? No, yeah. what was it? Um. Uh, yeah, to do up harmonies with with the hip hop attitude. I feel like that's the perfect encapsulation of that because it got this like that brap has that sort of hip hop totally like at energy about it in vocal performance. But then you're immediately in this like in like like jazz land, and and that just yeah that just that even for even from that little piece of the chorus alone, like your artist statement is very clearly yeah. made, and I I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> TV housewife. So, <laughs> well, I'm the even, modern I, I even look, I, I'm even looking now. I didn't even realize that like your thing is called Stellavision Records, uh -huh. which like yeah, I just got off of watching Wandavision. I I you Stellavision predates Wandavision, I imagine, but I just love that like the, the it immediately evokes like the the sort of older the older TV land yeah. shows. You know, I love like so Stella Cole's actually not it's not my real name. Um, my real name is Holland Schattinger, which is just like Whoa. Wait, what? a complete Whoa. mouthful. And that was H Holland? H-O-L-L-Y-N. Um, wow. That's a cool name. That's a Thank really you. cool name. Um, like I, lo I love my name and like my family still calls me Holland, but I was just like, my worst nightmare is like <laughs> people are like, yo, have you heard this new artist? Her name's Holland Schadinger. Like I would literally just right. I would right, I would right, just right. No, I'd be deceased. Um, <laughs> so I like, uh, got the name Stella Cole from my brother's first name is Cole. So I kept it in the family there. And then I loved the name Stella because it had such a timeless vintage vibe to it. But it mm -hmm. also at the same time, like feels edgy and like kind of like out of this world. And I was like, I feel like that's exactly what my music sounds like. And I think it's so important to have a you know, a name that means something to you. And also people see the name Stella Cole and it's almost like they can kind of hear what the music sounds like before they even mm -hmm. hit play on my songs. Well, that, that's the thing too, is like, I recognized your name before I was even able to place. I was like, wait, what was the song that I heard? Like it was immediately like, it was it was like, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a name of somebody I know. Mm -hmm. Like it was immediately there. So yeah. I, I, I'm definitely, I definitely feel like, I, I'm just, I'm still just processing that your name's Holland. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Surprise. Hey, I mean, you, could, you can start your own cereal brand. Hollow Notes. Oh, God damn. We've gotten that one. You've gotten that one? Yeah, so, yeah. Right. I mean, I know, that's that's you probably right were like really excited that you were the first, but uh, 
I wasn't really excited. Listen, my last name's Flax, so I've gotten I've gotten cereal branded jokes before Aww. too. You know, I love that. Flax, don't give me any. Yeah, cute. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> everybody would be like, "Oh, don't give me any flack," and I'm like, "That's not even my name." You have to have an S at the end of <laughs> that's it. That's not right. even my name. Just stop, please. That's not even stop. my name. Please, please. Uh, come on, come on. I want to revisit uh, Woman of the Hour because it's an incredible record. Thank you. But uh, I want to like travel back in time a little bit and uh, and just you know get get the childhood portion out of the way. The obligatory childhood the portion. Obligatory <laughs> childhood <laughs> portion. Ooh, yes. Tell us about your childhood. <laughs> Tell us about your childhood. Where are you? What's from? your upbringing? Who's your parents? What are Where your you values? Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, blood is thicker than water. Yeah, and <laughs> rocks are stronger than stones. You know, I'm, I'm rocks are stronger than stones. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you know, I wish people could that. see That's us. I wish people could see us on FaceTime, just like doing the little. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, Italian just hand. The, we're just like, we're doing mm, yes. Oh, I, I am so upset that the that this the Italian hand emoji is not called Italian because you know how okay you know how you can type things in your messages and then it'll it'll automatically bring up the emoji. I'm obsessed with like what words you have to type in to get emojis because for me that's faster. Like if I have a thought, I know I want to send a particular emoji. I, I like knowing the word I want to type because that doesn't take me out of the flow of typing a text. Yeah. And the Italian hand emoji, I wish it was Italian hand, but it's not. It's pinched fingers. What? And I mean, that makes Whatever. sense. Like I get it, but also like it's Italian. Hands. We all know it's, it's Italian for hand. sure. Italian hands. What are we talking about? Yeah. Come on. Come on. I actually have like that's like one of my things. It's not like my brand, but like I have this thing where I always like. Once again, I wish people could actually see me do this on FaceTime. But like when something happens we'll and I don't it. know how to like react, I'll do the Italian hand and then just like violently like open it. Oh, it's an explosion. Yeah, of it's like Italian an explosion hand. of the oh, Italian hand. And like every, like all my fans like do it with me and they know what it is. I even like do it so much that I put it in my Love Like Mine music video. There's like this shot wow. at the I, end of the video I and I literally get like I do it. I do the hand and it's like a moment. <laughs> but that's a great segue of where are you from? Where where's your family from and all that stuff? Yeah, so we're all from Georgia, from Atlanta, um, born and raised. I guess I was that's a lie. I was actually born in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, oh, oh, that's, then, that's where my mom's but, from. But like, was moved to Georgia literally when I was like two days old. I don't even know. Like, I basically am from Atlanta from day one. Right. Um, but yeah, grew up there and then. When I got out of high school, I moved to Nashville for a couple of years um, just to kind of like sink my teeth into the music industry and kind of develop how I want to like write songs just because Nashville is such a lyrical based community, which I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that that was like really cool for an amount of time. But then I hit a point where I was like, OK, it's time for me to move to L.A. Um, and then that happened two years ago. So I guess I've like been. To a couple cities at this point, but originally from Atlanta. I love Atlanta. We've never been. We're working with somebody now from from Atlanta, but we, yeah, like it sounds. It sounds like an incredible place. And I've watched every episode of the show Atlanta. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, did you did you like interact with the sort of music community in Atlanta? Like like growing up while you were there. So it's actually interesting because I I didn't even really know I was gonna be an artist until I was um, seventeen. I grew up as an athlete. So I, um, yeah. And I thought that I was going to play. What were you playing? I was a goalkeeper. I played soccer. Um, we traveled like that was like my thing. That was my life growing up. Like we traveled out of state every weekend and like, it was very serious. 
And I thought that that's what I was going to do in college. And I didn't think I was going to go pro or anything like that, but I thought I was going to be a college athlete and major in like medicine or something like that. Like I love the human body and anatomy. That's just like something I've always been fascinated with. But so I never really like grew up involved in the music industry of Atlanta because I played sports. I always listened to like hip hop. So like outcast, like I Mm. love outcast and stuff like that. Mm, right, right, um, right. Like they're just so crazy. I love them so Iconic much. Iconic Atlanta. Um, Andre Atlanta 3000 group. is ridiculous. Mm. But I, so That's... I like grew up listening to music from Atlanta, but like I was never actually like involved in the music industry there. Um, and that's another really interesting thing about Atlanta, which is one of the reasons I love it so much, but the music scene there is either like you're doing full-blown hip hop, full-blown trap, or you're doing like singer, songwriter, folk. Like there's not mm. really a pop scene there. I'm sure it's growing yeah. now. Um, but there's not really like a place for pop music, at least when I grew up and lived there. So I knew once I did get into music and like once I had to quit playing soccer, I had like a really bad back injury. Um, and couldn't walk for a year and got surgery and they were like, you can't play anymore. And I was like, fuck this. (laughs) Um, but then I, because I had grown up, like I grew up playing piano, I had a musical background. So I started to teach myself how to write songs and sure enough, like fell in love with music and was like, ah, like everything happens for a reason. I was supposed to be an artist from day one. Like now I know what I'm doing. Um, but like once I got into music, I was kind of like, I love Atlanta, but I got to. I got to move to a city where I feel like they have a pop scene. Yeah. And and not to ask like the cheesy question, but do you feel like your experience with soccer helped you with the, the discipline and the collaboration that comes with being a musician? Absolutely. Just because soccer, it's all about like camaraderie and it's about having a team. Like I love that it's a team sport and I love working with all different kinds of people. And also, yeah, you're have like, you're heavily disciplined and it's also like whoever works the hardest gets playing time and like whoever like Mm -hmm. whoever works the hardest and like performs the best gets playing time and I absolutely just like I really value like hard work and like discipline and and putting time into your craft like I think that's so important and so I think that soccer actually taught me how to work really well with all different kinds of people so like for writing songs I know how to work with people with literally all different kinds of personalities so it's like whether you're super energetic, it's like I know how to work with that. And if you're super like reserved, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I know exactly how to work with that as well. And it's like I know how to work with all different kinds of people from growing up, being a part of a team and knowing that the only way to win is working well with different people. Um, so I think that that's really actually been like a huge benefit. And yeah, just like the discipline and like getting my ass kicked in practice and like getting yelled at all the time not saying like getting yelled at is like a good thing but like but definitely centers you totally and it like humbles you where you're like wow like if i if i want to do something like i gotta i gotta work for it like i gotta bust my ass and i love i love that mentality for music too it's like if i want to get to where i am like i'm gonna work for it so that when i do get to the place that i want to be it feels so rewarding when I get there because yeah. I know I've put in all of the effort I could have possibly put in. I think sports is also a really cool area, especially growing up, to to witness where natural ability meets hard work. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like in music, that's also the case. Like some people do have a natural sense for, you know, for songwriting or not, or mm-hmm. is just are naturally great at singing or you know, are, are naturally better equipped at being producers or whatever. 
And other people spend a lot of time getting really, really good at it and being disciplined and learning all that stuff. Like music, it's not that obvious, but in sports, mm-hmm. it very, very much totally. is. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't good at sports, and I also wasn't particularly disciplined. Like I didn't have that same natural ability, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't want to work to be better at it because I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be good at sports. It's just not gonna be my thing. Uh, but I think coming to Berkeley. Um, I tell people the best thing that ever happened to me was that I was a I was the the least uh, naturally gifted person at Berkeley. Mm-hmm. So I like I didn't come in being able to like just wing it. I I, I had to study and I had yeah. to like be really really disciplined and also realize that I wasn't going to be able to make it as like a session piano player. So I was going to have to do something, something else, else, which yeah. was like maybe film or you know find a friend who could produce and you know totally. all that stuff and. So I feel like, but yeah, I feel like sports is definitely an interesting sort of microcosm of like where natural ability meets hard work. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's like one of those things where obviously like in whatever career you have, whether it's sports or music, like there is an element of like talent. It's like sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. But like I'm a firm believer that hard work always beats talent in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. I just think that's a great mentality to have. Well, because I, I think hard, hard work allows you to replicate your results. Yeah, like if you exactly. if you've been trying at something and you know how you solved it, as opposed to like trusting your instincts. Mm-hmm. Like I think building instincts is really really important, but like those those you can't rely on when you're exhausted or stressed mm-hmm. or like those because they happen naturally. They can also go for natural reasons. Yeah, whereas like hard work, you know how you figure. Well, out and it's the also problem. that thing. Yeah. That like there's that there's that great friend Leibowitz quote from from Pretend It's a City where she's just like, what I love about talent is that it's like one of the very few resources that's randomly distributed throughout the human population it doesn't care how rich you are how poor you are like some people just like have more and it's this ineffable thing and you could get really like philosophical and wishy-washy about what that actually means but i think that hard work is what's in your control like mm-hmm. it's like the serenity prayer of it like when like you can work hard like you can make a conscious choice right. to whether you're whether you have quote unquote it or talent or whatever that means like right. every human being can make a conscious choice to wake up in the morning and say i'm going to like whether it's practicing scales to get better at piano or whether it's just like making a beat to get better at production or you know like singing a song to get yeah. better at singing like you can make the conscious choice to get better at your craft and that is in your control whereas i feel like whether or not you're talented at a certain point it kind of doesn't matter and also isn't in your control so why why worry about it why sweat that detail when when you could be grinding and hustling right. totally <laughs> Pausing the podcast to remind you that we have a Patreon that you can subscribe to if you want to support the show. If you're enjoying this episode, but you're thinking that you've got a burning question for an artist, or you just want to talk with us, or maybe you just want to mug with our faces, our Patreon's the way to go. So go to patreon.com slash talking lion to subscribe. Now back to the show. Woman of the hour. Uh, <laughs> which is who you are right now. Perhaps. That's who you are. And and you could even be woman of the next two hours. Perhaps. Uh, or depending on how long, <laughs> how long it is. We're going to find you know? out. How did you approach that record like did you approach it as like a series of singles did you have a more sort of uniform idea thematically of what the album um would be and what was the first song you approached with it so i knew that i wanted woman of the hour to be an ep like i knew i absolutely wanted it to be like a full-blown record with like at least five to seven songs but just because i'm still an up-and-coming artist and still at the very beginning of my career i was like the best way 
to, you know, make the most of this project is to put everything out as singles. So it's like each song gets its moment and its spotlight and I can continue building momentum and continue to give my fans and my audience music like at a time instead of just dropping it all at once. And then there's like a, a chance that people might not hear every song on the EP. Um, so I knew from the jump, like I wanted, I wanted every song to be but like highlighted as a single, but I wanted it to all compile into an EP at the very end, especially because everything sonically is in the very, it's like in the same world. And that's something that I've always, always wanted to really make sure I'm doing as an artist is I want every single record that I release, I want it to have like its own little world. So it's like, if you put my songs on shuffle, like you can almost like place where every song fits like you can be like oh that song sounds like it's from woman of the hour oh that song sounds like it's from throwing up butterflies like i mm -hmm. i really love when everything is just like in its in its world so yeah i i knew i wanted it to be an ep but also do the single game to build momentum and give every song its shot and i think i started i think it was actually love like mine i think love like mine was the first one that i wrote where i was like dang this is like this is the one. And then I kind of started building out everything around Love Like Mine because it's like it's always like that. You're constantly writing, 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 searching for like the one song and you find mm -hmm. it and then you're like, ah, this is exactly the sound. This is it. Like I'm going to build mm -hmm. everything else around it. So that was that was the song. And then from there, I wrote Woman of the Hour, which as soon as I wrote that, I had that concept in my phone for a really long time just because I thought it was so badass because people usually are like, give it up for the man of the hour. Like, it's always that. And I was like, why not right. make it say woman of the hour? Um, So that was probably the second song I wrote for it. And then I was like, oh, that's for sure going to be the EP title. Um, And then the other ones kind of came together after that. But yeah, that's kind of how it came I together. Love that. And, and just everything about that, the, the record, it just like a every song hits, every song like feels really, really good. But also it is pulling from like, eight different eras of music, mm -hmm. which which is always, I, I feel like we're really sensitive to that. Like we're yeah. always listening for, you know, <laughs> like, for where, like is where, where is this coming from? You know, when, when, when people start bringing in like pop punk elements, you know, to pop music, mm -hmm. I'm like, yes, we're yes, back. We're here, <laughs> we've <laughs> arrived. Yeah. But, uh, but it, 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 it's just, it's really cool well, I, how you've able to, how you were able to sort of synthesize all these influences to create something that sounds uniquely not just Stella Cole but uniquely Woman of the Hour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I, that actually leads me to to a question that I feel like I have for most people, that I'm always just curious to hear their perspective on, like, because no one is no one is just born a fully formed artist with mm -hmm. a well defined aesthetic and 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 a a great vocal tone. Like, how is how has your journey been in kind of discovering like what is the essence of Stella Cole? Uh, and and like how you know did was it a relatively easy process or did you was were there different kind of points along the path where you had to try different so, things to zero in on what you really wanted to say and do? I always knew what I aesthetically like want wanted to present myself as just because it's genuinely like who I am as a person. Like Stella yeah. Cole and like the music that I write is the most transparent form of myself. So that was always kind of easy, but the actual building towards it and learning how just because I didn't know how to write songs it's like I knew I already knew what I wanted everything to sound like in my head and what I wanted mm -hmm. everything to look at or like what I wanted everything to look like from like the clothes that I wear to the photo shoots that I do to the music videos to like the songs themselves it's like I knew f literally from day one I was like this is exactly like who I'm supposed to be but actually like the process of building and learning how to 
to get that out, um, whether it was in songs or like building my wardrobe. Like, because I grew up as an athlete, like I didn't have any like quirky clothes that like, mm-hmm, like I right. was wearing sweatpants and t-shirts every day. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like the actual process of like taking what was in my head and what I knew I wanted to be to actually physically like putting it out into the world. That was definitely what took a long time just because I had to learn how to write songs. Like I didn't, I didn't know how. Like the first song I wrote was like seven and a half minutes long and had like four choruses <laughs> and like six verses, like so stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I had to learn. Although, how- I mean, that's that that's like that's the kind of song that I wish that we could all start putting out. Like I I was a yeah. folk I was a folk artist, mm-hmm. so I would I didn't know what a chorus was till I was twenty. Yeah, you know. I was just it would be like eight verses and I'd be like, now nah, the song's over. Thank you for coming <laughs> yeah, <out."> but it's <laughs> just like I had to like I had to learn how to do everything. What was that first song called, by the way? I love just first song titles. It was called Black as Night. Nice. I wrote nice. it. I wrote it when I was 17 and it was so just like dark and unnecessary. It was like so dramatic <laughs> for what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. That's, like, that's, that is my favorite part about uh, like, <laughs> like, like teenage songwriting. It's like when, when, when you're pulling from the aesthetic of like darkness and angst and, and but it's unearned, it's unearned. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. Like I look back at lyrics that I've written. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. Like you, you haven't done anything. Like you're a child, <laughs> but it's like, but I, I think there's also something really beautiful about that. Cause it's, it's like as a creative, like your soul is like yearning to write something meaningful mm-hmm. and emotional. Like that's where that impulse comes from. Like you, like you're using this kind of dark aesthetic to like to to try to create a mood, but you don't have the like raw materials yeah. in your gut to actually like yeah. make it land. I think that but that, was that like, comes with time, and then yeah, and I think that that was the thing. It was like I had reasons to be upset, and like I definitely like. Because I was feeling super lonely because, like, I just, like, didn't have soccer anymore. Not to keep talking about that. Um, no, but, but that's, like, that's, that's that was, like, that that's was, your I story. guess that that yeah. was, like, the little edge at the beginning where, like, the darkness came from. But, like, <laughs> if, like, I haven't listened to that that's song That's the chip on years, your shoulder. But, yeah, it's, like, one of the chips on my shoulders. But I guess that's, like, where I pulled the inspiration from at first. Yeah. But just, like, it was so dark. And it was, like, about a relationship, like, as if I even knew like what right <laughs> like so, so well, stupid. yeah I, I look back on like <laughs> like 14 or 15 year old nate's like songwriting and it's just like when you walked out the door and i'm yeah. just like motherfucker you you didn't live with anybody yeah there's no doors for them to walk out of yeah no one's ever left you you, you, you guys went on one date to sushi mike's you yeah know? like there was no door you're eating outside no you know yeah there was no door it's hilarious what are you though? talking about it's yeah. so funny but yeah like i had to learn how to like write songs and learn how to like I had to build my wardrobe from scratch, so it's just like obviously that that process takes time. Um, but I and what and was the TV land influence like because you grew up in that like with that kind of stuff, or you just not like really? That I just aesthetic? love it. That that was definitely like I th- I think I'm like a little bit too young for that era. I will say my mom had me watching all those shows just because she loved them as like growing up. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like I knew about them. So it's like I guess I watched them occasionally, even though that wasn't really like in my era. Um, mm-hmm. But I always just loved like the vintage vibes. Honestly, like I love how it was retro, and like I love the music, like how it's kind of like mm-hmm. sci-fi and like a little bit like creepy and like nursery rhyming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I love nursery rhymes, by the way. Like I love pulling from nursery rhymes and like things that feel super familiar and super simple. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's so cool to pull from that when I'm writing my stuff. Did you pull uh, on uh, Kiss Kill? 
Did you pull a nursery rhyme? I in there? did. I pulled yeah, from you know, the, or I guess it's not even a nursery rhyme, but that was like you know the chant like you would always sing and like to make fun of people who had a crush on each other and like yeah, K I S S I N G me yeah yeah like so on and so on sitting in a tree K I S S I N G blah 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 that was where that came from the entire song was inspired by that. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then I actually, and then like, I don't want to give too much away, but the next single that I have coming out is also flipping a, uh, it's flipping a nursery rhyme. So nice. When's that, when's that coming out? Within the next couple months. We're just figuring out, um, artwork. I just found the photographer that I want to use. So I'm super excited. Oh, cool. But yeah, the song's called Superstar and awesome. it's flipping, it's flipping twinkle, twinkle, little star. Like, oh, but nice. it's, it's in a minor key so it's twinkle twinkle superstar i know what nice. you really are like it's really dark and like or not dark but it's like very tongue-in-cheek and like talking about a douchebag who's like that's awesome just a fuck boy that. who thinks he's hot shit love um that. so that's like what the song's about how he thinks he's like such a superstar and i'm like bro i know what you really are like get out of here scram literally scram <laughs> <laughs> that, that's um, actually i think the, the thing that i uh missed the least in uh in this year is just not being out and about and like running into those people yeah, yeah. so you know and pretending and pretending to like them yeah you know? but like that is that's like another thing though is like because of covid i just am actually ready to go back out to the clubs and i thought i would yeah. never yeah. say that because i'm actually homebody at heart like i love just like hanging at home like watching like a movie and having like a wine night with like a couple of my friends like i would always pick that over going out but I am seriously to the point where I'm like, I want to rage every single night because I'm so sick <laughs> and tired of being home every day, like, and not having a choice. Um, yeah. So it's just like, I, and that's also like really influenced a lot of the music that I have coming out this year. It's a lot more dance um, mm -hmm. and like four to the floor, like kind of like a little bit of like a groovy, like 70s disco soul vibe, which I'm really, really excited about. Just because, like, the last thing I want to hear right now is another sad song. Like, straight up. I'm right. just like, I'm so done yeah. with it. Like, I'm ready to get out. I'm ready to just dance. Like, and just celebrate and have fun and, like, live freely again. So that has hardcore, like, influenced the music that I've been writing. Just because, like, I want to feel happy and I want to feel energized. And, like, yeah, I just, like, I want to dance. So that's, like, really influenced all of the music that I'm working on for this year that I'll be putting out. Yeah. You know, I miss so much. I miss just, like, going to a bar for no reason. Yeah. And just, like having a beer and like minding my own business. Yeah. yeah. Like that's I like it's something that I feel like I, I really, really took for granted. But I just I mean, if I if I were to put my my aesthetic uh uh in it, like from a from a TV show, it'd definitely be like Cheers and Frasier. Like I I yeah. hell we should probably just do a music video that's like in the style of Cheers and Frasier. But I'm like, down. I love the the sort of nineties um era of like um uh multi camera set shows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and just like the 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 timing of the jokes and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So part of who I am as a person is just like going to a bar and seeing what happens. Yeah. I like going that. to a bar and just like hanging out like for hours, just like <clears throat> writing and like, you know, talking to strangers. And like I walk in and the bartender knows what I want already. Yeah. Like, you know, and they, they're like, oh, we just got this new draft beer and it's like right up your alley. And I'm like, yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, I miss that's, that. That's, that's 
I miss that. Yeah, I miss yeah, it I miss so it a much. Whole lot. Yeah, I miss paying way too much money for mediocre whiskey sours at places <laughs> with loud music. I really miss blowing all my money and feeling really poor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I miss I miss not being allowed to go into places because my ratio is off. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, so stupid, <laughs> so stupid. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, that's the that's the thing. When this thing starts back up again, it's just gonna be a, a total shit show. For, like, it is gonna be months. a total shit show. It's gonna be like yeah. people just not knowing what's going on. I am hoping though that like I can perfectly time it out so that when the world does open back up, I just like drop my songs that are super dance, and I'm like surprise. Go have fun. Oh, Go that's... put these on at the club. Like that's what exactly. they're made for. That's big um, room. That's huge. Well, we're we're yeah, that, we're really excited uh, for that. Like just as as fans, but also as, as like recognizing the different eras of your records, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to sort of see those progressions like play out too. Dude, thanks. I want to ask about the cream song edit you yeah how did that come about so i actually wrote that top line with boy matthews and jenna andrews it was one of my oh. first trips i'd ever taken out to la before i moved out here and we wrote that together for like a we wrote it for a dj feature kind of vibe just because i really really wanted to put out a dj feature while also building like my music just because i thought that'd be really really cool and so we wrote yeah the top line just like a piano vocal demo and we had actually already written like the drop like the edit you like the vocal chop that they did in it we had actually um you just sang it out we actually like had like written it like that which was really cool i love that Um, and it was like super challenging and fun and refreshing to write just like since i do write all my stuff i get so in my head about my music sometimes that it was really cool to just like take myself out of it and write like a different genre um but yes we wrote that and um i was with rca records at the time so like they also really were pushing for me to have a dj feature um so we were like searching for djs that wanted to take it that you know had it fit their their sound and eventually cream came around and they produced a version of it sent it back and i was like this is so sick (laughs) like yeah let's do it um and then they put it out and it got like hundred thousand streams on the first day something crazy like that like it did really well but yeah they were so cool like it it's funny because like i never met them in person like we still haven't met in person and usually that's kind of how music happens just because technology is so like crazy now like especially with top lines yeah there's like even just like not even dj features there's so many especially with covid now too but like there's so many songs that exist out there like even like top billboard hits where it's like the people who have collaborated on them, there's a very high chance that they actually never even met in person, yeah. um, which mm-hmm. is so crazy. But like I follow Cream on like social media and stuff and they're they're so cool. Like that was such a cool experience to see something come together like that. I, I remember that uh, when that um, was a Fader or some or Rolling Stone or some some big publication could have been billboard too did like the whole story on um like the creation of the middle oh, by the Zed middle. Yeah, and yeah, how like the writer yeah. was in australia and uh that she didn't meet maren morris or zed or any of them until the grammys mm-hmm. yeah. for the song yeah like i, 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 I think that. it is super crazy that like all this stuff happens yeah. like especially when you're doing the pitch stuff or when you're doing like top line stuff um, oftentimes it's like you do it, you throw it out into the world. They're like, we like it. Cool. Done. Yeah. Finished. It's cut. It's out in the world. Like here's the promo material done, finished. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a really cool song. And, and I like, 
I also my like influences growing up was like the beginnings of like the like that whole era you know era of EDM and um and and pop punk. Mm-hmm. So I really really appreciate I really appreciate it. and you sound great on it. Like it's there's like a shoe in. Dude. So. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like hoping I'll get to have like another DJ feature with this next record that I'm working on just because it is my my music is so much more um dance and disco-y like i think it would just pair really nicely to have like a dope house record or like something like that definitely um do you have like a a wish list of like you know like your your dream collaborator in the house space i mean i love i love calvin harris dude like like, honestly yeah he's such a g and like i mean his older stuff too like when i met you in the summer like that stuff is so fire um but yeah, his like newer like the whole funk wave era is a not so I mean yeah. era of music. No, I like Slide and Roland just like I oof. love Slide so the much. The Scissor remix. Like, he's just yeah. The Scissor he's, remix. He's insane. And then like the song he the song that he did with uh with Dua Lipa like that one's crazy too. Oh yeah. Like that oh, song yeah. was just like so and it's so left of center but like so perfectly mainstream and like everyone loved it. Like I would love to collaborate with him. I mean that's shooting for the stars, but like my goal is to be a superstar. Yeah. So it's like hopefully it happens one day. Yeah, but I mean um, that's that's I hear his name come up a lot. Like I feel like there have been people who have like done the pitch stuff to, to him. So mm-hmm. it's not like out of the it's not out of the yeah. question. Um I feel like MK and Medusa in the last like Medusa few years is have really so yeah, Medusa is sick, a sick, yeah. A sick I feel act. like Medusa, honestly, it, like they were one of the people who kind of like I guess made progress and like invented like the new wave of house just with like the DJ yeah. yeah. drops and like Italian and Italian duo. Yeah. And and the sort of voice memo, the voice the, memo into the, the voice uh, memo into the, the thing so is sick. really iconic. Oh, I also, wait, sorry. I also what, feel like you like you this? would you would rock <laughs> I feel I feel like you would absolutely rock a, a collaboration with uh, uh Mark Ronson. Oh yeah, Mark Ronson. Oh, I love collab. I love Mark Ronson. Mark Don't give me a start on him. He's insane. He's a legend. <laughs> He's truly um, a legend of the game. Yeah, that would be so sick too. I'm trying to think. I'm yeah. trying to think of how, yeah, not, not no, no, my no. brain's going blank on house artists. And my, my best friend David's gonna like listen to this and be like, God damn it, Nate, you could have named like eight other house artists. No, but like uh like regards a really cool one. Um I'm in Beck is like one of the recent ones who's been crushing oh, yeah, it. I'm but Beck I really is, love yeah. regard. Medusa is just so sick though. Like they would be insane. Well, uh, Dead Mouse just started uh, started a label, uh, a new label, not Mouse Trap, but House Trap, which is like <laughs> specifically house artists. That's fun. Under the under the and um, I feel like that's gonna be kind of cool. Just like like a, a new rise in house with like a, a like a, a universal label fronted by Dead Mouse. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. pretty solid. I'm into that. it. Maybe the next your your the next house piece will be on the house house trap, perhaps label, perhaps. <laughs> Before we enter the question round, we have a question from our Patreon subscriber, Alan C. Oh, boy. But Alan C. wants to, to know, what do you think dreams are? That's a really good question. It's very abstract. It's a very question. abstract question. Yeah. I honestly it's, think, it's an interesting you know, I think that dreams are reality if you want them to be and if you bust your ass for it. Like, I think that a dream is actually like, I, I mean, the way that like I have my dreams because it's like my dreams I'm not just trying to keep them as dreams as like these things that are just like, oh, like what if? Like I want my dream to be a reality. And it's like I want my dream to actually be the path that I take with my life. So it's like I think that a dream is almost like this this thing that it's like a potential destiny if you want it to be. Does that make sense? 
Like I feel oh, like, yeah, like, like, a, like a manifesting or like a, fil- yeah, a filter. I feel like it's almost yeah. like an option. Like a dream is literally an option and like a choice for like a destination. And it's like yeah. you can choose to either let your dreams be your dreams and let them stay up kind of in your head. Or if you're someone like me who like, yo, my dream is to be a literal superstar. Like that is my goal. And that is I full heartedly believe that that's like my purpose in life. So it's like my dream for me isn't just something that's like floating around in my head that's just like, oh, what if? Mine's like, no, it's like when. So it's like I'm taking all of the steps and like busting my ass to get there. And it's like I'm going to make my dreams a reality. So I think it's literally like a dream is almost like a choice. It's like something that you can you can turn into your life if you want it to. Or it's like your dream can just be whatever you kind of fantasy you want to make up in your head. But I think you have a choice with it. I really do. Well, and I, I was talking about this uh, the other day where it's, it feels like dreaming gets you so far, but then the next piece is like waking up, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. like, and I, I feel like I didn't spend a ton of time dreaming, which almost to a detriment. I feel like it's very important to have dreams mm-hmm. so that you can, you know, hit, like be able to know what it looks like when it's all, you know, all comes together. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, being like what I love doing is creating actionable items and like hitting goals, like in, in sequence. So Dreaming, dreaming is good, but not if nothing can be done. Like I feel like oftentimes when people have these dreams, they get very, very upset. They they almost set these expectations that they're upset that they don't match. Like, like for every day you are not a superstar, it it would be the most excruciating thing ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like for me, it's like I have dreams, but I'm also trying my best every day to enjoy the waking moments totally. and the lucid moments of like. Of stuff. One of my you know. favorite Kamasi Washington quote, which I absolutely love, which is be stubborn with your dream, but flexible about how you get there. Mm-hmm. You know, the, I think I, I, know, I think the interesting area so there, the interesting area there is that, yeah, like the, I think I think to me, a dream is a target. It's like this is where I'm aiming. Uh, you know, I feel like it's only kind of in the last like, obviously, I've always wanted to be a performer broadly, abstractly. I've always wanted to be a musician, but I feel like it's only kind of in the last year that I've really locked into like, oh, no, I want to be like an artist. Like I want to be a performer. I want my life to look this particular way. Uh, and, you know, ultimately, there's so much chaos in the system. There's so much stuff that's out of our control, but there's immense power in directing your brain towards the target. Mm-hmm. But then also, yeah, then then in the in the in between, not letting it crush you if you're not, you know, not, not getting in your head about, oh, am I going to get there? Mm-hmm. But just being like, this is where I'm aiming. There's immense power in aiming there. But also, mm-hmm. yeah, being a little bit flexible in where the journey takes you. Yeah. I love that. It's funny. I think I think Alan C was curious about like the actual like act of like, dreaming. When, like, when, when what we, happens when we fall asleep? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Oh my god! Go. But I like I like this. I like <laughs> this, this is a much better discussion. <laughs> I, like this, I thought this you meant like dream. Oh my god! No, I, I think no, I, I think I what's think great about the question is that you can it, you, it's yeah. open ended. It's it, it it's a good Rorschach. Yeah. It's a good Rorschach test for how you think about. I guess it. yeah. I guess that's just the way my brain's wired. It's like when I hear someone ask about dreams, I'm immediately not thinking about sleeping i'm like thinking about my actual life so i think that's that's very telling i, I think that's, that's, yeah, that's alan c this is your answer and i hope it's uh, <laughs> and I, I i think it's it's a it was a great it was a great uh, open dialogue about what it means to have dreams and goals uh and whatnot i love that i uh before we start the question round two i just remembered uh when you mentioned that you do like things with like nursery rhymes and stuff mm-hmm. like that we saw your wheels on the bus tiktok oh, oh yeah so wheels on my bus go from room room fuck with me i'll fuck with And it's awesome. So good. Uh, Thank so you. how have you been embracing like the TikTok stuff? 
And uh, and and what was the inspiration behind the wheels on the bus go uh, go skirt? <laughs> yeah, so I was just writing like I had a session and like I was writing it for my for my next batch of songs and writing for my next record and like I just really really I'd ha- once again I had that concept in my phone where it's like the wheels on my bus go vroom 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 I was like that's so sick <laughs> um, and I just like wanted it to be like a badass like empowering confidence anthem but I also wanted it to be like very like cheeky lyrically mm-hmm. I'm a very quirky because mm-hmm. that's just me as a person like I'm just super like left of center with how I talk and like <laughs> just everything like my sense of humor like I'm very tongue-in-cheek and like sarcastic and stuff so that's what I that was actually just a song that I had written in a session for my next record and I was like I feel like this will do really well if I put it up on TikTok and it's we're still working on it. So it's like I to be honest, I'm not sure if it'll ever come out or not. It just depends on how it sonically ends up blending in with the rest of the songs Um, because I'm such a sucker for sonics. It's like everything has to go together and and sound whole. So it's like it, it just depends on the production, honestly. But yeah, I I love TikTok actually. At first when it came out, it was such an overwhelming app just because it was so like TikTok's crazy. Um yeah. Yeah. And I was really just like overwhelmed and like nervous to get into it in the first place, but now that I've figured out how it works and figured out like how to enjoy it without getting stressed out, like I love TikTok. And I think that the coolest coolest thing about it is like it directly translates to how your music performs. So like the fact of that it's like I literally have the power to make my music get discovered by more people. Like there's never right. been an app like that where it's just like, yo, mm-hmm. you can literally blow your career up from an app if you use it the right way. Like that is so cool and so, so crazy. Like there's never been anything like that before. And yeah, it was stressful at first just like figuring out how to work it and figuring out what works for me. But like now I love it. And it's like when I post a video of me singing and it and it does really well and it goes somewhat viral, I'll check Spotify the next day and sure enough like the stream shot up like it directly correlates to like it's it's wild i've never seen anything like it i love tiktok well we've we've seen our friends just like really have amazing moments on there uh as well i think for us like we similarly were overwhelmed and i feel like and i i can speak for myself but if you agree you know you know agree yeah uh that like i could only really make TikToks when I was having like a manic burst of creative energy. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I had a hard t- I have a hard time just like getting into the the flow of just like making stuff and making stuff and making totally. stuff. Totally. Um I, I actually actually feel like I I went into TikTok in a manic burst, but then because some of them started doing well, I think I actually was faced with oh, okay, I actually want to find a sustainable system to do this. So I started right. like making a bunch of content, like being really rigid with like my content calendar and like stockpiling 12 posts at a time. Totally. And I saw the path forward to actually do really well on TikTok, but I think I've just hit a point currently in the month of March in 2021 where it's like, this is not what I need to be doing with my time to advance my career. I need to be doing other things. Yeah. But I love TikTok. I, I think I think it's a beautiful platform. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think if you use it right, I think, you know, I, I don't think you should take for granted that you're able to translate your TikTok performance into streams because I feel like 
that's a skill. I feel like that's mm-hmm. part of that's, a t- that's actually a really tough. That's, it's, I think it's a tough sell. I think some people get really even music people get really good at being TikTok musicians. And even I was I was listening to to this Bachelor podcast that we love a lot, and they were having a discussion about TikTok. And one thing that I thought was really interesting is that. All of the top people on TikTok are famous for being TikTok stars right. versus Instagram where all the top celebrities are celebrities in other rights. And that right. TikTok maybe marks a watershed moment in uh, a platform owning in a celebrity. platform owning the celebrity. And I mm-hmm. think that it's very easy to fall down the trap of becoming a quote unquote TikTok musician. And I think that what's impressive to me about, you know, people like our friend Salem or people like Mothico and people like you mm-hmm. is that you there's a there's a way to manage the TikTok aesthetic that is completely holistically tied into your artistry. Uh, that allows it to be just another kind of arm of your artistic statement. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, that when people are connecting with that TikTok content, there's a one-to-one relationship with them wanting to stream music. But I also think that that's like, it's hard to pull off. And I think it's really impressive and commendable that you've been able to do that. It takes time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a craft. Yeah, yeah. It's a tricky app because that was one of my hesitations getting into it. I was like, the last thing that I want, just because like I'm an artist, like that is who I am as a person. So it's just like the last thing I want is to go on TikTok and like, yeah, blow up, but just blow up as like a TikToker. Like obviously right. TikTokers are badass and like TikTokers, yeah. like, that is a full-time job. I have no, so yeah, I respect much respect for TikTokers, but like that's not who I am. Like I am an artist. So it's like it was really, really tricky figuring out how to like navigate the uh, navigate the app like while, you know, like adjusting to it and building, building my my presence on there but also making sure that it's like when people click on my profile it's like they know i'm an artist first and yeah. foremost yeah um so it is tricky but yeah but i I, th- I think to that end you're doing a really really great job yeah. and uh Thanks. and it's it's uh it's cool to see your your style you know work and kind of bleed into this tiktok environment mm-hmm. you know Are you ready for the question round? The question round. Yeah. The question round. The question like, round. Okay, let's go. <laughs> All right. First, oh, this is the easy part. Yeah, you, it's, you, it's, got, it's, you got through the hard. You got through the hard stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. This, yeah. Really this is just fun. First question is: What is your phone background? The Grammy. Whoa. I'm not joking. It's been like that. That's for, hardcore manifesting. I love that shit. Gangster is how I love. <laughs> I'm actually that. so glad you asked that. Yeah, my phone's been. My phone background has been a picture of a Grammy for two and a half years now. Haven't wow. changed it. That's amazing. And it's not like a Grammy's the end goal. Like a Grammy's not the end goal. Like my end goal is to go on world tours and like make music forever. But that's just like such an important step. And like I just it's just like Grammys have always been something that I've been so fascinated with. Like I I just I think it's such a great goal to set as one yeah. of them as like a stepping stone it's the so. only award you can do a shot out of and I think that that's important. yeah I, I think we both want to get a Grammy just to do a shot out of it yeah um, I actually have a deal with my mom because my mom was obsessed with uh, when when the Ham- Diggs, when, yeah. when Hamilton won the Grammy and he he did shots out of the Grammy with his mom she was like we need to do that so yeah. like I'm that's that's the only reason I'm still in music is to get a Grammy so that I can take a shot with my mom out <laughs> of the Grammy like that is my only goal right now I love it yeah but that's my that's my phone background I love that's that. That's awesome. That's really great. Talk about dreams. Like that's just like Yeah. That's just like again manifesting being like a filtration process of just like making sure to keep your eyes on like what's important and not getting distracted by shit. Yeah. Just remi- reminding yourself of like oh yeah that's 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 yeah. there it is. Well, that's and also that's you know, awesome. and not 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 to harp and or necessarily pigeonhole you, but that is also very like a student athlete mindset. Like totally. I feel like that speaks to your background as like yeah, that that that's that's the kind of 
like one track mind like this is this is what I'm going for yeah. that I think you know manifests and- everything is soccer yeah. everything is soccer um, perhaps <laughs> well I've been I've been playing a lot of chess and like I feel like the people who love me the most are sick of me making chess metaphors for everything that I'm doing the other day Noah and I were talking about how uh, when two computers play against each other in chess they could both be playing a perfect game and one will still lose Unless there's a yeah, because what is the perfect game of chess? Well, that's that's, that's a much thing. more complicated philosophical like, question. They're, they're, pl- they're playing what is in the computer the most accurate move. Or oh, like someone has to win the game, right? But somebody has to win the game. So I was yeah. I was saying that as like a metaphor for music, where like you could be doing everything right, you could be doing everything right and play a perfect game, and something still might not work out. But the converse can also be true. You can play an imperfect game, and you can make a bunch of blunders and errors, but still succeed because that's just the nature of the game. I honestly love it. I mean, I've never played chess in my life and I have no idea. Like, I don't know a single thing about it, but let's go. Uh, if you ever, if you the ever horse do- he goes like this. God damn it. <laughs> that's you, all you need to know. If you ever, if you ever do get into it, hit me up on chess.com. Okay. And if anybody's listening to this, chessing lion on chess.com. Nate really wants you to play chess I want you to him. play chess with me. If any of our listeners can beat me in chess, I will, I will interview you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. You don't have to be there, Noah. I will just interview that. Okay. I would like to be there. I just I will be sitting in the corner judgmentally. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, Next question. Uh, do you have a non musical hobby that you, you currently engage in? Yeah, I have a couple. Um, I love going to the beach. I love hiking, especially just because like in LA you have everything. Um, yeah. So like yeah. I go to Malibu at least two to three times a week. I'm not joking. Oh, like wow. I, where, where do you live in LA? So I live in West like Hollywood right now. Um, okay. Okay. That's still that, a drive. That's a that's bit of a still drive. Yeah, no, but yeah. like I just am. I'm such a firm believer in like getting fresh air and like taking care of your mental health. So it's yeah. like for yeah. me, getting out of the house, especially in COVID, like the only way you can really do that and still be safe is to go hike and to go to like to go to the beach and get fresh air. And I just love doing both of those things anyway. So I do that a lot. That's definitely one of my hobbies. Hobbies is just being outdoors. And then I also really like making jewelry and like painting and just like doing random stuff like that to like stay creative but to like have like things that I can like wear and like things that I can like (laughs) like physical things that I can like actually get something out of right Um, I'm I'm, I'm jealous of that like I feel like um because we deal with essentially air vibrations whenever anybody makes like physical art there's always like a little pang of jealousy my my friend designs or like decides where in uh where in a city like uh, electrical poles go and at one point we were walking and he pointed and he's just like yeah I, you know put that one there and i was just so what? jealous that's i was like crazy. that's a physical that's like a physical thing i feel like, like that's that's also the appeal of grammys and like things like plaques oh, it's, like, it's a like, physical thing yeah like, like i want like i want the plaque on my wall for a record that i worked on not because it's like oh this record was listened to by x number of people it's like no i just want like the walls are bare right now and i just want something mm-hmm. on it that like is a physical manifestation of the bazonkers amount of hours that i put into being a musician yeah and it's all invisible anyway it's all yeah it's all right. it's, it's all just air do you have any of your like art, jewelry, or um, paintings and stuff uh, online anywhere? No, not really. I mean, like I have a Depop account. And, like I have a couple of them up on there, but like I usually just make them for myself. 
cool. just to like, cause, and the reason I ended up getting into jewelry was because I was like looking at all these websites that have these really cute beaded necklaces. Cause those are like super in right now. And they're like selling for a hundred dollars. And I was like, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Like, let me just go buy some supplies and make them myself. <laughs> yeah. So exactly. I just like started making them and sure enough, like, I love it. Like I have so much fun. Like I just am such a creative person. It's like, and music is my life and that is my lifestyle. So it's like, the, when I'm completely fried from it and just need a break but want to stay creative, that's like when I paint and do jewelry and stuff. I love that. So, that's yeah. great. That's, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really, really It's really a very important balance. That. I also love fashion. I can't, I cannot leave that one out. That is like one of my main hobbies. I love clothes. Yeah. I love fashion. I want to eventually like when I'm super like successful in music and like can, can like branch out into other things, I want to have my own fashion brand. That is like a I must for me. I love awesome. fashion and I think the reason I love it so much is because it's like you have the ability so you meet strangers like you there's so many strangers like you pass strangers on the street every day and it's like you'll never know them but the coolest thing to me about that is like fashion because you can literally show strangers that you're never going to talk to in your life who you are as a human being without exactly. even speaking to them it's like I love wearing colors and like patterns and stuff because I've I like to think that I have a really vibrant personality and it's it's cool just knowing that like if I pass a stranger on the street I'll never speak to them like I'll probably never see them again but they probably know what my personality is like by the clothes that I'm wearing and like vice versa it's like when I see someone wearing something really cool even if I don't like talk to them or know them at all it's like I can kind of guess engage what their personality is like and who they are as a human being based off the clothes they wear. Like I think that that is the coolest thing. Um, That's it's so, it's so interesting that you that you mentioned that. I feel like, and I've, I've mentioned, I've talked about this before. Yeah. Like I don't think on the show, but I've talked about this before. Where um, Noah and I almost wear like fashion wise, we lean in the opposite of our personalities. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when I'm out and about, and like this isn't hard and fast. Like there have been times where I've been, you know, everything's on a spectrum. But like when I'm out and about. I'm always just like very loud and like very, you know, fast talking. And um, so I'm just a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, facts. But I always dress very quiet. Mm -hmm. Like I I dress like, I mean, this is, you know, I'm just wearing, this is a sweater my grandmother gave me last time I was in Colorado. Mm -hmm. But like I wear typically like, like no, no brands, like no, Graphics. The 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 Fraser Fantastic Four one is like the most sort of graphic. Yeah, that's like a big step <laughs> for you. It's, a, that it's, it's, it's yeah. both graphical a and choice. a joke. It's like, like you don't wear joke clothes. Yeah, I don't wear joke clothes. I don't wear graphical clothes. Like I wear. I have. I, I mean, underneath it, I have a, a red shirt. I have this red shirt, like this style of red shirt. Um, I I one have a red button down and a red long sleeve uh, of the same color, but I also have. Like this T-shirt <laughs> style in like eight different colors. Mm-hmm. Like I am, I am the cartoon character who does not wear anything that like because I don't, I don't want like attention drawn to myself until I like I, I don't want to dress like I'm a lot and then like confirm it. Yeah, like I feel like I want to be as unassuming as possible, so I have that choice. Yeah, and then when I want to be a lot, I can be a lot. Whereas I, I feel that. like, and Noah's less quiet than he was like you know, two years ago or three yeah. years ago. But even still, I think I think my personality is very much that I am, I feel like I am this kind of bright, colorful, vibrant yeah. person, but I don't necessarily express that to everyone. Uh, and that I like, I, I've, my wardrobe has become increasingly bright and colorful and patterned yeah. Because I like I like precisely that thing you're talking about, about, about being able to go, go out in public and giving people an inclination of like, uh, even if this person doesn't say anything, because right. I generally am pretty quiet unless I really feel like I have something to say. 
but yeah, I like it. I have I have this crazy like multicolored like vaguely kind of like African looking shirt. And every wow. time I wear it in public, sometimes people will say it to my face like I love this shirt. Or I've overheard conversations where I've like passed someone in the street and I've overheard someone be like, "That was a great shirt." And I love that <laughs> I love energy. That. Like I yeah. love just being. I love I love the energy of just like that. The yeah, just like my choices yeah. in the clothes that, that I'm that I'm able to wear. You like yeah, has that small little impact yeah. on strangers. And it is you know that, of, that yeah. they. And it is one of those things where it's like you have a choice. Obviously, it's like you have a choice to like show who you are on the inside, on the outside. Like it depends right. on how you, how into fashion you are, and like if it's not your thing, then like whatever, you know. But it is. Well, cool I think to, like, that, have that's that the other like. Grow, I think growing yourself. up in Europe as well. That I think that that you know being culturally surrounded by very stylish people mm-hmm. like definitely opened my brain to like. I mean, Italians are just effortlessly fashionable. Like they're just so Absolutely. glamorous. Like they don't leave the house unless they're like dressed to the nines. Yeah. Like it's like a it's deeply woven into the fabric that you have to like you have to be presentable, but you also have to be like cool and stylish. Yeah. So and I like I feel like I. I didn't even necessarily reap all the benefits of that like while I was there. But I think the older I get, the more I'm just like, yeah, like that's a great way to be. Like, I think yeah. it's like how you dress is super duper important. Well, and I think I think just on that, I'm just thinking about it. You guys have me thinking about it now more than I've ever really thought about it. <laughs> um, because on the on the one hand, I'm like, like, I, I feel like there's an immense amount of pressure around how does this piece of clothing um, define my personality. Mm. And I just, I, I would rather not think about that on top of does this fit? Does it have pockets? <laughs> a lot. Like, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm very really, utilitarian. I'm really utilitarian about like, is this warm? Does this feel good? Whatever. But it's totally. also that I, I grew up in a town that was very much divided between upper middle class and middle middle class. Mm. And because of that, like, there were there were kids in my class who were all very, very fashionable because they could afford to just buy whatever was in fashion. Whereas like I had hand-me-downs for most Mm -hmm. of my life. And then when I did start sort of shopping for clothes, it was more of like a Target H&M situation, which isn't to say that isn't fashionable, but it isn't like with it, with the fashion. Right. You know, like I, like if I, if I had an Aero Postal shirt or whatever, or American Eagle, it was because right. it was my cousins. Right, you right, know? right. And at that point, it was just like, like it had two holes in it. Like, right. right. Like, right, like, you know, on the stomach. Yeah, I mean, fashion is like a deeply socioeconomic so, thing. Like, it's. So I, I felt better just like not engaging with it, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, That's valid. But, uh, but yeah, it's, in, it is super interesting. But I, I think I, I'm looking at you, you got, you got a uh, Flintstone shirt right now. <laughs> Uh, immediately I'm like, we're going to get along. Right. So I, I do think you have a very strong point there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like <laughs> fashion's like whatever you want it to be, you know? Yeah. That's very true. And I, and that's, I, I think also going back to sort of what you're saying earlier, I feel like, yeah, that part of, part of my fun in being an artist is, is like, I, I love the Grammys. Like last year at the Grammys, I spent most of my energy like judging the dresses. Like that was like the most fun part <laughs> for me. And the then Grammys, I've actually spent an increasing Gala's, amount of like, the, yeah, oh I've God. spent an increasing amount of time with every passing year thinking about like, what would I wear to the Met Gala? Like, <laughs> like, like really presencing like, I, you know, I, that, yeah, the, my, I, I really respect artists who, and, and this is one thing I was reading an interview with Black Bear too, that a lot of his, he made a lot of his money in like, not from music, but from doing like styling for people. Hmm. Like, I love musicians who like, it, you know, have these kind of branching careers where they're, they're interacting. I mean, we, we talk about this all the time because we're like, you know, we write scripts and we like, I do a lot of visual art. Like we're, we're multifaceted creatives and our sort of five, 10, 20 year plan is not mm-hmm. just to be musicians, but to be cultural entities. And I think fashion is just like, I, I would love to reach a level of success where like, 
I could have a stylist and right. like work, like interact with that, interact with the world of fashion totally. uh, and interact with, have that just be another vector. Like that, that is a, a thing that feels really exciting to me as a thing to sort of play with. So I, I appreciate that you're like on that same wavelength. Yeah. What would your first collection be called? My first what? Your first collection, what would it be called? I mean, I definitely know that I want to call my fashion brand, Stella, like I want to call it Stellavision. Just because like yeah, I want to keep that great. on that's great. brand, but like I don't know what I would that's call sick. my first collection. That's actually a great question. <laughs> um, We're asking the hard, the hard. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I love it. Thing. No, no, no. It's making me think. I'm probably gonna plot that out as soon as we're off. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 fashionable, fashionably late. Nice. Love. There we go. All right, I think that brings us to the most, the most important, important question, question of the podcast that you'll probably okay. ever be asked in your life. Would you be, be a, a pirate? pirate. Would I be a pirate? Would yeah. you be a pirate? I don't even, Speaking of fashion, I, I don't yeah. even know how to. Pirates are very I don't even fashionable. know how to feel about this question. I have no idea. Honest to God, I feel like that's something you got to sit with. That's uh, no. I, I like really need to think about it. Like, give me at least three days. Honestly, okay. Okay. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're literally going to text you in three days, and then in the little <laughs> intro, we're gonna we're gonna put a little disclaimer, like she answered. You come back with like a research paper of like, okay, well, well here, here are the pros. Here are the pros and cons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if my outfit was cute, like maybe. <laughs> yeah. Super valid. Pirates were very fashionable. Also, like women pirates were sick. Yeah, did you, did you see that, that TikTok? I saw this TikTok the other day. It's like women pirate, uh, women pirates fought with their boobs out to like like distract men. Is that true? And, and to that's let them savage. know, like, and 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 to let them know that if they're getting killed by a woman, they're getting killed by a woman. It might be an apocryphal story, but I love the aesthetic of wow. that, and I believe it. Like that is definitely the energy of pirates. I mean, that's badass. Yeah, I just I think I think uh, pirate culture was like like pretty interesting you know i mean the teamwork that goes into not having immunity huge wow. you know the socialized healthcare because pirates had a code and they they paid out to uh i gotta look up if that's a real fact i, I there's, there's, keep saying that there's the no watch watch there's a C, there's a cgp gray video on pirate economics that that's, has a beautiful kind of like Love breakdown of, of the economic systems that they created i mean i would I, I feel like i need to be a little bit more educated on pirates Honestly, that's fair. That's <laughs> that's I, I honestly, that's actually, I respect that. I respect the lot. hell. Yeah. That's a very intellectually honest answer. And and uh, in the year 2021, I feel like we should normalize. I don't have an answer. Let me get more research. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I absolutely love that. Love that energy. Do you have any tattoos? If so, what was your first? I do not have any tattoos. I actually don't have a if single you... tattoo. But if I were to get one. I'd really have to think about it. And I think that's why I haven't gotten one yet is because there's nothing that's like stuck with me for long enough to where I'm yeah. like, oh, I know I would love this forever. Um, yeah. Just because like when I do get one, I don't want to do that whole thing where it's like 15 years down the road. I'm like, mm, I don't like it anymore. Like, let's get this removed. <laughs> like, I want to keep <laughs> yeah, it no, forever. Exactly. Um, right. And I constantly go back and forth with like even wondering if tattoos would look right on me because I feel like I have like a little like. I can have a resting bitch face, but for the most part, I feel like I tend to look really innocent. <laughs> and I have not like a baby face, but I like, oh, I look so sweet and innocent. Like, mm. I don't know if they would look right on me. Like, I really don't yeah. know if tattoos would look right on me at all. I think I think I took a big game about tattoos because I have like an, a couple ideas for stuff. But I just feel like I just I just will never be able to. I, I, I'm, I'm presencing that I might not ever be able to get myself to into the chair. Right. You know, like, I, I don't think that, like, I have yeah. a bunch of cool ideas for them, but I just don't think, 
you know, I, I can have those ideas permanently in my brain without having to like make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I think, I think sort of also like, I think one of the beautiful things about fashion is that it's so fluid that like, you, you know, what you put on your body, like can be completely different from one day to the next totally. in that personal expression. I think there's something about like locking into an aesthetic and making the decision, like, right. especially if it's something like representational, like, oh yeah, this flower is always going to be a part of my aesthetic. In a way, it's like, it's, it's a permanent fashion statement totally. because then like, if you're wearing a shirt, and it, it, the how that shirt like if it's colored then that's like a color consideration that you have to make with like outfits like that's well, like when, a you, whole... when you're out and about you're like what's that tattoo like how did you come up with like I, I ask that all the time when I'm out and about so it's like right. something that people know yeah it's, it's also yeah it's yeah. also some like a conversation started too uh, yeah. so it's, I, don't which, I don't I don't love when people are like. I'm like, how, what, what's that tattoo? And they're like, oh, it's kind of like a private story. I'm like, then why? It's a fucking tattoo. It's a public fucking tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now that I'm like thinking, I mean, like, I definitely go back and forth where I'm like, oh, I really want to get one. But like, what? I have a feeling I'll eventually get one. But for now. Do you, do you, do you think, do you, and you know, you don't have necessarily have to answer, but do you think you would lean more towards something aesthetically considered or something small and meaningful or like at, words at, or, or like, like words yeah. or something kind of like hmm. like a uh, more objective probably both i don't i mean like i yeah. definitely want my tattoos to like mean something but whether that's like a phrase or like a cool like visual like something that just like really feels authentic to like my sense of fashion like yeah i think if it's something that i love i don't really even have a preference between like if it's teeny like writing or like a fucking flower on my leg like I think it would just <laughs> like I, the, a tattoo I've thought a lot about getting and I don't know if I'll ever do it but I, it, the thought has been in my brain is there's there's these um there's these lamp posts in Venice that for some reason I'm obsessed with and that's I think that's why I think that's why it's come to me as a tattoo idea because it's like it's just a visual thing one that like is completely niche like no, no one else is going to have that tattoo like no yeah. one else is going to be as obsessed with this particular lamps kind of lamppost in venice venice mm -hmm. italy i guess for 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 clarification not venice california not, not venice california there's there's there's, there's, there's beautiful like there are these really really grody lampposts <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, off the venice canals uh, right off venice beach if you if you look real close they're covered in the blood of skateboarders <laughs> they're covered in the blood yeah. but but there's there's just these beautiful kind of like victorian looking lampposts so there's like three prongs and they have these like really off color like pink like like glass on them. There's just something that I really like, but it's also just like, am I gonna look back in 20 years and be like, why did I, why did I like that? Why you know, I like, I, well, like I can't imagine getting like a lamp, like like I can't imagine getting something like like drawn because I'll just like. I'll see somebody else with a lamppost and be like, that's a better lamppost. Fuck. I think that's why I like it. It's like, I know for a fact no one else is going to have this particular tattoo. But yeah, that the, there's also like, the, the other thing that I've run, to, run like, into will, tattoos. Will the artist be the right one? For will the artist that? be the right yeah. artist? Because it's like, I, the other idea I had for a tattoo, I tried to design myself and I like made the design and like looked at it and I was just like, I think it's cool, but it's like, I, I know from, from artistic experience that I cannot always trust my artistic output. So it's like, I think the bind I have is there's a part of me as a visual artist and as and now especially as I'm getting more into illustration that I'd want to design my own tattoo but then there's also like if I hate it then that's self-loathing and that mm -hmm. is a, a risk I don't think I'm willing to take. Yeah. You just got to know. And then and then if if, really if, if it's another if it's another artist then how do you trust them? How do you, how do you, you trust know? them? Yeah. What if you end up loathing the art? Like, like, and, that, and that's the thing. I think as an artist, if I was like, oh, if there was like a line that felt like off, that I was like, mm, I would have actually curved that like twenty percent more if I were working on it in Illustrator. Then that's on me forever, and I'm just gonna be looking at it, being like the little, the little OCD like mm. producer part of my brain that's like, oh, I need to like tweak this frequency or like move this snare twenty milliseconds. Will be looking at my arm like, 
I got to move that line 20, 20 <laughs> millimeters. And like, that'll just be a voice in my head for all of eternity. Forever. Like, I don't think I, I don't think I want that either. <laughs> yeah, I think I think y- your little diatribe gave me enough anxiety to not want to get a tattoo anymore. <laughs> You've talked me out of it. I'm dead. No, I think tattoos look so <laughs> badass on people. But like, they're if so they get cool. Them exactly. Right, like if they mean something exactly. to them. Or like not even if they like mean something, but like if they if they love their tattoos, then like it's badass. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, and, and and I've just I've seen some really really cool shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's. Some... I've seen more cool shit than not good. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Ultimately, then, yeah. yeah. What I would want to ultimately get is like you know a, a certain phrase or word in somebody's handwriting, so that the imperfection is baked in. Mm-hmm. You know that like the imperfection is part of it. Like yeah. I, I don't have to worry about like is the font right or is right. Like this right because. It's that person writing it. It's like inherently totally. meaningful you know? and inherently and aesthetic. And also th- that the anxiety can be in their court, not mine. <laughs> of them being... Because we've, we've actually done this before. Where we've had to write out lyrics for like fans to get tattoos. And they've they've gotten it before. And I, I've definitely panicked my little tuchus off trying to like get that right, you know? Uh, what was the first concert you ever attended? Taylor Swift. Nice. Was, Taylor Swift's... Uh, because her fearless tour. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. And nice, she's nice, like, nice. I mean, she's, I almost feel like I grew up with her in a weird way just because when she first started putting out music, that was like when I think I was like in middle school or something. And mm-hmm. like, I literally feel like I grew up with her. Um, yeah. So that was my first concert. Great first concert to go to. Her concerts are like a full blown experience. Yeah. Um, they're like a show, like a literal like show. Yeah. That was my first concert. And I'd love to go to another one of hers. I wish I had gotten to see her 1989 tours, yeah. mm. but I missed it. That, that was a good Taylor era. Yeah, that was a great such era. Such a good one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was my first concert. I love that. That's a great one. I don't think I would ever, like at the time when Taylor was Taylor was Taylor, I would have been like down enough and interested enough. Like I, I always... I, I was always like, she's okay. Growing up, I was like, I hate her. And then like, uh, as I grew up, I'm like, she's really, really good, actually. And the song's really tight. Mm-hmm. But like, she's not really my speed. But I love the folklore record. So good. So much. Um, and like, the the slight chance that Bon Iver or Jack Antonoff might like come on stage with her would be enough for me to like, <laughs> it's go got to you. One of You're like, shows. I'm there. Definitely. Yeah, I'm hooked. Definitely. Also, Haim, like Ugh. down. Yeah, super yeah. down. It's just like, she's a real songwriter. Like, she really does mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I loved that album. Yeah, no one's she's, no one's done it quite like her. No, she's insane. She's evolved like so well. She's I and mean, also she's, just like her impact on culture, like like how many up and coming artists like cite her, cite her, and oh. and how and how that there are people who like yeah, I don't I don't always aesthetically like mess with like Taylor's writing sensibilities, but I think what's been also really exciting is to see entire generations of songwriters come up being raised on Taylor Swift yep. and taking and being raised on different Taylor Swift records and being raised yep. raised on different Taylor Swift records and 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 taking the kind of metaphors and imagery that she kind of ha- has churned out and chewing on them and kind of like recontextualizing them totally. and, and it's, it's, I think it's it's improved the quality of songwriting as, as a whole absolutely and I think that's like an incredibly commendable career do you have a favorite Taylor Swift song Ooh. there's just like so many I really don't I really don't know I think I think trouble was the first one where I was like okay yeah that okay, I could be about Yeah, I mean, like, if like, I had to Trouble pick, was, like, the wrecking ball If I had to pick, I guess, like, one of my favorites would probably be, like, one of her older songs just because, like, it takes me back to a time when, like, I was still young and innocent and, like, it makes me think of my childhood. Mm. I don't know. That's a really tough question because, like, hmm, Haunted was one of my favorite songs for the longest time by her. Mm. 
Um, if you wanted to be a pirate, what Taylor Swift song would be the sea shanty? <laughs> wow. <Whoa. laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm totally I'm joking. Dead. I'm totally joking. Gosh. Um, and does that pirate ship have a soul? Um, I love her song Style from 1989. Style's great. Style's yeah. so sick. That was probably, I mean, that was for sure my favorite one off that record. I just loved how it had like a little bit of like, a little bit more of like a darker vibe to it. Mm -hmm. But also like still had the beautifully written pop chorus that you can just like scream at the top of your lungs. I love that song. No, exactly. Yeah. Could you recommend us a book, a TV show, and a movie? I'm not going to do book because I don't really read, to be honest with you. Literally, like I don't, I, I mean, like I read news articles and like stay up to date with everything like that, but... I cannot get myself to sit down and read a book. It's I'm hard. Way it's hard. Too Genuinely, late. books books stop working when you stop paying attention, I can't and that's do fucked it. up. And it's like yeah. I like yeah, I, I can't. I literally just can't make myself sit down and actually read a book from start to finish. I can't do it. Like a movie or a song, if you just stop paying attention, it's still running. Yeah, yeah. I think It'll that's why that's why, that's why audiobooks are great. Yeah, audiobooks, like the, are audiobooks awesome. take I could that. Do that. Out, take I could the, definitely the power do that, away and from I should you. probably get more yeah. into that. But uh. TV show? I, I got into audiobooks last year and it was awesome. Love. Yeah. Um, TV show. That's a great one. The most recent one that I watched that I loved was Succession. Um, yeah. Yes. Love Succession. Yes. Love Yellowstone. I, that was, that was you, my early quarantine project this time last year. I started watching Succession. I just, no I, just finished, I just finished the finale of season one yesterday. No way. I like just yeah, finished it probably up. like a month ago and like amazing one of the, my favorite things about it is literally the intro song i'm like what a sick yeah. intro the drums like some of the episodes will have like a drum lead in to to the main theme mm-hmm. and those drums are like there's like stutter drums like there's like almost like trip hop drums they're like so sick it's so cool that. it's Ugh. like really like hard cut yeah hard cut like slightly out of time so sick um, yeah like almost like dilla like like yeah, yeah it's like this sort of like new york hip-hop i love and i was i was i was watching an interview with a composer and talking about that how it's like it's this classical music it's like what's the kind of music that these very very rich people would like have playing in the background it's kind of like dark moody like yeah. like romantic era classical music with like this like and that's kendall i think his characters like that's like this sort of like yeah. young and brass Kendall's like hip-hop Energy. Kendall's great. Kendall's a, Kendall's honestly, a, a, Kendall, strong Kendall at the end of the first season finale blew my mind. Yeah. I was not ready for any of that. I know. Um, oh, I, yeah, he's my favorite. Uh, I have a challenge for you, which is uh, now that I'm thinking about it, you would, you, would I think you would sound really, really cool singing over the instrument. In, so I'm kind of already on it because I'm teaching myself how to play played on the piano. Oh, yes. Um, Very much yes, here for yes, that. Because yes, I love it so much. It. Like, it's so sick. Like, those melodies, like, Excuse me, what? <laughs> oh man, I'm yeah. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you. Yeah, crazy. That's so cool. Just the perfect um, amount of chromaticism. Like it's mostly totally. in the key, but the little bits of it that like go in and out are just. It doesn't make even it. clash. It's so good that it doesn't even clash. It's so like, good that it justifies that they play it eighty times per episode. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. And I never get tired of it. I'm like, oh yes, it's about time. Like, yes, and also just play. also the cues that are just like vroom vroom. Yeah. Vroom. Just yeah. yeah the score so in that good. show is. N- Insane. Who will win the kiss from daddy? I'm dead. Do you have a scar with a story? Ooh, I do. I have two scars. Um, Ooh, hit it. So, and they're both on my back. One of the scars <clears throat> is from my back surgery I got when I like had my really bad right. injury with soccer. Um, I love scars. I think scars are badass. Like I'm, I'm actually like proud to have mine. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, and it, I mean, it's not cute, but like it's there. And it just like reminds me. I describe me. myself as that. <clears throat> You what? Uh, would you describe yourself as you're not, not cute, but there? there. No, that's, that's very <laughs> self-deprecating. I actually wouldn't describe myself that way. I just thought that was a funny, that's really a funny. Really funny I'm joke. Dead. I'm, I'm going to start saying that. That's hilarious. Um, I, yeah, wow. But yeah, so like one of them is from my back surgery that I got. Um, and then the other one is actually pretty crazy. Um, it wraps around my back and my side. I was in a really severe. I love wakeboarding. And I was in a really severe wakeboarding accident when I was in when my fresh when I was a freshman in high school. I my friend and I decided to go double wakeboarding off the back of the same boat. And this boat wasn't made for like two wakeboarders at the same time. Like it was a freaking pontoon boat. We were so stupid. Um mm-hmm. and my rope was a little bit shorter than hers. And I hit a wave the wrong way and fell off. And she ran over me. And the oh. you know how like wakeboards have the blade that go that's underneath yeah. them. Her blade sliced my side wide open, and like I started Whoa. bleeding, and it was terrible. That was the worst pain I've ever been in. That was just like quick pain. Um, was it salt water too? No, dude, it was fresh water, which is uh-huh. terrible because fresh water is like where you get infections from. Right, and it was right after this situation had just happened with this girl who got a flesh eating disease from a lake, and like had to get all of her both of her legs and one of her hands amputated. So this happened literally two weeks after that. And I was freaking out thinking that like I was going to get a disease, like a flesh eating bacterial disease from being in the fresh water with like a wound that was open. But yeah, it was, it hurt so bad. Like, and I don't really cry when I get hurt or anything, but like this one hurt so bad that I literally, I went into shock and was completely speechless. Mm -hmm. And I also think that that might have actually started my back problems. Um, because oh, wow. shortly after I started getting, um, like just a really sore back and then it eventually turned into shooting pain down my leg and I couldn't walk. And then I got my back surgery, but yeah, those are my two scars. That's pretty gnarly as hell. Pretty crazy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Pretty wild. Um, it's pretty metal. So yeah, those are my two scars. I, I rep them. I like having them. Those there, are, those are, I mean, those are damn good. Those are damn good stories. Those are damn good yeah. stories. We, we have like the, the, um, the, the hall of gore. Like the uh, oh uh, the hall of like, ranking who's the has like, the, the most like you know terrible story. Also, of, I I uh, I feel like I feel like because my brain was conflating the tattoo in question, the tattoo question and the scar question. That there was a, my for a second I had the impetus like okay those are my two scars and I was like uh, do you plan on getting any more? <laughs> do you plan on getting I almost any more? asked that question. That's I'm like wait so that doesn't. <laughs> that's so wow. Fun. Do you plan on getting any more? Do you plan on that? <laughs> this guy needs Maybe. a walk. Need need I was, I was, I, when you were talking earlier about like getting some fresh air, I'm like, I think I need to get some fresh air today. <laughs> um, I didn't sleep terribly well last night. Um, but anyway, yeah, go do that. Uh, what go. are three thoughts you have at this very moment? All right. Whoa, 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 whoa. Three thoughts that I have right now at this moment. Right now. At this very moment, right now. Um, going, going to get lunch because I'm hungry and I, I love food. And then I just remembered I have to track vocals on uh, a song that I wrote earlier this week. And then talking to you guys has been super fun. So I'm obviously thinking about, I'm thinking about us. I'm thinking about yeah. us. I'm thinking about us. <laughs> I'm thinking about us. That's really sweet. Look at us. Look who, at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought? Oh, man, I love that mm. clip. Not, not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god final question what are you looking forward to putting out my new music that's so nice easy. nice putting out my new music I'm, i've never been so excited for stuff in my <coughs> in my life sorry i just um i'm actually crap i'm getting emotional about putting out my music she's just, just choking up she's just um, the songs just yeah. dance so hard <laughs> no, that it makes me cry I, <laughs> 
no, I'm just, that's what I'm looking forward to is just putting out new music because I'm so stoked about the stuff I've been working on. Like, I just have such a good gut feeling about it. And I think we're going to time it out perfectly to where like it, it happens as the world's opening back up and like, it's just going to be a party and a celebration. So for sure that. Well, we, we can't wait to hear it. We can't wait to dance to it. Hopefully surrounded by other people who we can uh, hug and cough on without worrying about their safety. Yes. But if not, I'll definitely um, dance alone in my kitchen to it. I will definitely rock it in my car just like <laughs> driving, <laughs> driving to Malibu because that actually sounds like a great time. Yeah. Um, but Stella, it's so amazing. I mean, Stella and Holland and Stella and Holland. It's amazing <laughs> to have you here. Uh, it's it's so great making a new friend. Yes, and this has been so uh, fun. Your music's awesome, and I just can't wait for everything that you're up to. So thank you so much for for being on here, guys. Thanks for having me. This was awesome. You've, it literally yeah. felt like we were hanging out. So that was super fun. <laughs> thank you so much for being on. Thank you. I saw a cupid, bu- 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking Lion. We'd like to thank Isotope, The Truffleist, and our Patreon subscriber, Alan C., for their support. If you'd like to show your support, ask our guests your questions, talk to us on Discord, and get a shout-out at the end of each episode, subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash talkinglion. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.